Tommy. This is Seth. This is Nick. Welcome to Good Fellowship, a Christ Center podcast from three average college students. Mm. How you guys doing today? I'm good. I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. Doing okay. Good. Awesome. Awesome. I'm a little tired. I'm not gonna lie. Really? I'm yeah. Tired. I'm a little sick and tired of school. <laughs> Stay in school, kids. But yeah. like, I'm a little tired of it. Yeah, it's coming up. Finals is what three, four weeks now. Yeah. From now? It's just yeah, a little. Like it's that, just yeah. like this. Like part of the year is very overwhelming. Yeah, for sure. So. It is. Well, what do y'all have today? <laughs> I have something. Tommy, put your hand down. Okay. Okay. I'll put it down. What do you? Um. Have? So I. A big thing that's been hit me lately is that I heard the pastor talk about you're not the point. And so when we when we read scripture, it's not actually about us, it's about God. So if we go into scripture reading, you know, it's about us, then we're not gonna get anything out of it. And I think a big example of that that caught my eye or caught my attention was Psalm twenty three. I'm I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but it's the whole Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures passage. And uh just reading that, like I think a lot of times I read that and I'm like, okay, God's going to do this for me. God's going to make me lie down. God's going to do this for me. But the truth is we should read it like what is God doing in this passage? Mm. So I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. God is for me. And that's just something that stuck out to me that, Tommy, you're not the point. You know, you're not. It's not about you. It's not about us. Not about us at all. It's about God completely. And it's easy to forget that, especially when you're reading the Bible. We want, we want to make it like this roadmap or this yeah. guide of what am I going to do with my life? But we need to read it as this is God, and we, God is being revealed to us through Definitely. it. We should read it like, uh, like um, to know more about his character and like, like who he is personally. Like, it's like a, it's, a, it's his story. I don't know. Like, that's how it's, it's his story. It shouldn't be, yeah. That's good. No. Like that. <laughs> that's real. Exactly. A lot of times when we read it, I think, and I do it too, like I'm reading it to like give me all the answers and tell me how, like tell me about me and who I am, blah, blah, blah. And I think that we should read it too um, to know more about him and through that like we'll, we'll know who we are like in him. I don't know. Yeah. It's like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Like we all like to quote that and it's like put it on Twitter and God's got a plan for me. Yeah. Which is true. He does. But like. You know, read read it to read about God. Don't Definitely. just yeah. everything will fall into place if you follow. Just read about God, and like Nick said, read about His character. Totally agree. You guys got anything? Um, I got something. Let's hear it. Um, so again, I love. Yo, like Luke is so cool. <laughs> I like it so much. Just six weeks in a row on Luke. Yeah, this is good. It's a good thing. So a big thing this semester for me has been like obedience, and I talked about that I think a couple episodes back. You know, about being obedient to Christ, and what really stuck out to me. Um, in my readings the other day was persistence, you know, persistently obedient, you know, and um, so like there's a parable about the persistent widow, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says, then Jesus, it's 18.1, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them they should always pray and not give up, and like that really stuck with me, like persistent in prayer, you know, and, and then also in Luke 18, there's another story about the blind beggar, and repeatedly the beggar goes, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, you know, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus asked him, what do, you want, what do you want me to do for you? And he says, Lord, I want to see. And Jesus gave him sight. And, like, that's so cool because, like, the beggar was, he was persistent in his faith mm-hmm. um, to, to Christ, you know. And he persistently pursued him. And I don't know, he, he I don't know, I just thought that was cool. Like, it was a step, he took a step of faith um, in asking him for mercy. And, you know, and he was given a sight. And, like, that's so cool. And then, like, from the sight, like since now he has sight, he has to use that now. Yeah. And so that beggar, um, he pray he immediately. He prays God, you know, and you see that all throughout Scripture. You know, immediately they praise God, and I think that's how we should be. You know, we've been given sight, um, so we should praise Him and we should live our life according to that. So we have to be persistent in our faith and taking steps of faith in His name, but then also being persistent in our obedience to Him and continuously, 
you know, living our life for him. Yeah, yeah. So they def- they go hand in hand for sure. Like, definitely, you can't you can't be healed of something or you can't get through something and then just walk away like nothing happened. Right, you have to be thankful for it. And a lot of times, like you said about being persistent in prayer, um, and in our faith, a lot of times we are persistent in our prayer, but then we're lacking faith at the same time, mm-hmm. and we're just like going through the motions and praying to him and not actually having that faith in him. And that's really when we just see nothing come out of it. But uh, I like that. Very true, yeah. All right, you got anything? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, I was going to work the other day on my internship. I was getting ready for it. And I got up, got in the shower. I was just trying to get awake. And I was just thinking, I was like, well, I got a 30-minute commute. And um, maybe I can just catch up on some rest while I'm driving there almost. <laughs> like, this is why I don't, I don't <laughs> ride with Seth ever. <laughs> not go to sleep or anything, but just like try to find some rest or some relaxation while I'm driving there and turn my music down low and just kind of chill. Well, I get in the car and I get on the interstate and people are like flying by and you're flying by people and you got to constantly watch. And I just, I felt like God was showing me, you're not going to find rest in this. Like it it's something that's so serious and you have to really be paying attention the whole time. Like I'm not finding rest in this. And, um, when I was in the shower, that's what my goal was. I was like, okay, I'm going to find rest in my car when I have that 30 minute commute, but I didn't find it. And I think a lot of times I look to so many different things in my life to find rest and I'm setting that as a goal, but really I'm not looking to Jesus to find rest. And I think that's the biggest thing in my life right now. I have to look to him to truly find that rest and that peace in him. Can I, can yeah. I ask you a question? So like, what do you think, um, what do you think rest in Christ means? Um, I've always wondered this. Like I've never had an answer for myself and I've always wondered like, what do you think to truly have rest in him? What does that look like? It's funny. Cause like someone asked me that, which is really cool, and I'm not trying to, like, drag this all in, but usually, like, since all our friends are doing this what-do-you-have thing, yeah. I had this, and I was like, wow, I really hope someone asked me what do I have today. And, like, a couple hours later, someone did. But not only did he say that, he literally asked me the same thing you just did, Nick. And it kind of threw me off guard, but it got me thinking. And I think the main thing is knowing that rest and peace kind of goes hand-in-hand hand when it comes to um, finding that in God. And knowing that we find rest and we find true peace when we are with him. So when we're with him in scripture, when we're with him in prayer, like you're saying, persistently and faithfully, and when we're praising him, a lot of times we go through these seasons to where we're just like, we're doing that stuff, but we're not finding peace in it because we're always looking at something else to get that peace and rest out of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Do you think like, so we talk about like contentment and like how that can be bad, but do you think um, being content um, in God is, is rest? Do you know what I mean? Like, um, being content with who he is and, like, that he's got you. I don't know. Like, finding peace within the struggle. Does that make sense? Yeah. I see what you're saying. Like, so we like, use conformity yeah. as a bad thing, but, like, yeah. being conformed to the Bible is a good thing. Being conformed to Scripture is good. Mm-hmm. So, like, being content in who God is and, mm-hmm. in like, in your life and our lives. Like, do you think that's what rest is? Um, Yeah. So, a lot of times I think what we do is we find contentment in our relationship. But if we find contentment in who God is then th- that's where we need to be going. If, we yeah. find, if we're content in our relationship where maybe we're not doing the right things and we're just like kind of dragging by and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week about being lukewarm and yeah. stagnant in our relationship, then that's a problem. Right. But if we're truly um, content in our relationship, well, no, I just said that. If we're content in who he is, yeah. then I think we're heading in the right direction. So I agree with that. Like I think like, like, like uh, being content in who he is, I think that pushes like – 
our action. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I think by being content in him is, um, uh, like that, that is like being obedient to him, you know? Like, I think if you're content in who God is, yeah. then your life will reflect that, okay. you know? So like our trip to, um, Zambia, yeah. you know, a lot of times like it's really tough, um, to raise this money. I mean, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but if we're content in who God is and who he says he is, and he says that he is faithful, then we're fine. You know, yeah. if I'm content in who he is and like, we'll get, you know, like we'll get there, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I, that's I know for me too. It's it like, it, it's kind of like a, in the back of my mind. So it's not not like a worry, but like I gotta raise this money. Yeah. I got, what if I don't raise enough money? Right. But at the same time, I know I feel like I'm supposed to go. I feel like I'm called to go to this, and 100%. so I'm not. You know, I'm not gonna worry about it. And that's true contentment, like you said, knowing God's right. character. And so I think that's I, that. See, that makes sense to me. I'm, that that sounds like rest to me. You know, I like how you brought that up because I think maybe sometimes our viewers are just like, well, how do you? actually find rest right, of God. Right. So I'm really glad you um you brought that up, Nick. Right. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, to kind of wrap that up, what you guys were saying is um to find true rest is to is obedience to God. Right. Like when we're we're obediently living out what God wants for us, what he what he's called us to do, that's when we find true rest. I think I saw that last year, um or two years ago, I did something called the Live, the Live Dead Journal. Yeah. And it's a very cool setup. It has you do two hours a day of devotion, like strict devotion to God. And uh, so there's like an hour of Bible reading, 30 minutes of praying. And that's all good. But the problem with that is it can cu- become kind of legalistic. Yeah. So like <laughs> I would literally set a timer. Right. That said, okay, now once 30 minutes, I'd be checking it. Like I'm like, I'm at 20. Now I got to pray 10 more. Or like the, whenever you, um, like someone said, they need to read this by this time. Then you're reading to finish rather than yes. exactly, to yeah. know who he is. And you're reading like right before right. you meet with that person. Yeah. So you, and in that sense, like I was wondering why I wasn't finding true rest. It's because that, that's not obedience to God. That's just legalistic. I have to get this done. I have to read this, and I have mm. to pray this much to for yeah. God to love me in a sense, you know, for yeah. for me to get out of, or get out of that. But that's crazy, man. Like when you when you fully devote your life and fully like worship God at a hundred percent, like you have rest. Yeah, that's cool. We just worked through that. That was cool. <laughs> that, yeah, that was. <laughs> from a, what do you have? Yeah, you have? Like, what do you have? <laughs> we should really do cool. a whole segment on that. <laughs> yeah. I like that a lot. Okay, so just to transition into what we're going to talk about, we're actually going to go to John 8 mm. and talk about the adulterous woman there. So, Tommy, you want to read that for us? Or? Yeah. So you said it's in John 8. So if you have your Bibles, um, we'll give you a second to open them up. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> if you're driving, don't, don't open your Bible. Get your rest while you're driving. Oh, yeah, and if you're 18 and under, um, get your phones out. Because you use your phones a lot. That was the Good joke. joke, Tommy. <laughs> that was the joke. Joke of the day. All right. Let's read it. All right. So starting in verse 1. Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught, caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, but the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Mm -hmm. I just want to say, could you imagine, 
like after Jesus says that, like these guys just putting their heads down, dropping their rocks, walking away, feeling probably a little condemned themselves that that just happened to them, that they obviously are not without sin and um, probably ashamed of themselves, embarrassed that yeah. Jesus just schooled them. Like, I, I don't know, but <laughs> schooled them. That, that's Crossed just kind of over. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It just stuck out to me. I think that, like, yeah, like, uh, I mean, going off like the sin, like, um, I think it's crazy that like what sin has become more important than like sin, mm-hmm. you know, just in general, you know, like we're so quick to, to judge them. Like most times us as people can relate to the teachers of the law and the Pharisees rather than like, you know, any righteous man, you know, like mm-hmm. we think we're better than other people. And like, so we're so quick to point our fingers at them. Like, I mean, I do it. I don't mean to, but I do do it. And, you know, it's stupid. <laughs> it's yeah. wrong. Uh, you know, who am I to do that? Like, wh- who am I to judge you for your lifestyle? Or or who am I to judge you for what you've done whenever I'm doing it? You know, and so I think of, like, you know, the gay man or woman, mm-hmm. you know, and I think about how we're so quick to put gayness at the top, like homosexuality at, like, the top of it all when – it's not, you know, like there's no ranking uh, in our sins. Like this is a brother or a sister who struggles with sin the same as me. And, you know, we should be welcoming to them. You know, we should be like opening our arms to them and like loving them and like meeting them in their mess. Like when Jesus stood up and said, like, if any one of you uh, is without sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her and they left. I mean, like we have no right to throw the stone at, at the woman. Yeah. You know, we don't. Um, and I just think that's what the church should be, you know, just an open place mm-hmm. uh, for, you know, the sinner. You know, we don't accept sin, but we we welcome the sinner. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. That's, I don't know. That's, that's, that's important to me, I guess. Yeah. That's something that really has stuck out to me. Um, and you used homosexuality as an example. And yeah. I think it sins like every sin. And not, not just that. I'm not just condemning that. But we were afraid to go to the church to... To say, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I've been dealing with. Yeah. We feel like we have to be perfect when we go to church and put on our best outfit of the day and right. say, oh, look how perfect my life is. But the truth is um, we should be able to go to our churches and go to our pastors and go to the people in the congregation and say, this is what I'm struggling with, now, how, no matter how bad it may look. And I'm not saying we should um, accept homosexuality, but we should always accept the homosexual. 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. It's just, again, like, who are we? Well, you were saying earlier, too, like, you can go into more detail about this, but um, just different types of sin. Yeah. Like accepting every sinner, but never accepting the sin. 100%. I don't know. It's just like, well, I don't know. We put like homosexuality at the top or we put like the drunkard at the top, you know, the one who smokes weed at the top. And like, why is he or she any different from the the person who struggles with lust? You know, uh, the, the pornography addict, you know, like it's not that we should accept the, accept their pornography addiction you know but we accept them as the addict like why when will we start meeting each other you know in our messes rather than why why are we so quick to take them to you know to be stoned you know who are who are we to stone them you know like we were talking about the woman at the well yesterday and it's like we're the woman at the well yeah you know we're the woman our, our brothers and sisters are the woman you know like we should be going to the well to meet each other and live with one another and you know, Jefferson Bethke, me and Seth really love Jefferson Bethke. Like, I'm a fan. Tommy like Jefferson Bethke. <laughs> like, like, I like Matt Chandler. He's <laughs> fond of him. <laughs> but like he says, like the, like the church isn't, 
you know, a museum for the good people, it's a hospital for the broken. And I, I freaking that. love that line. I love that. I mean, it's true. Yeah. You know, we should be uh, welcoming one another, you know, quit taking them to be stoned and just well, love them. Like Tommy said, how many times do you see, like, people that you know, or even you might have done this, like, not go to church or not, like, go to God with a problem because you feel too dirty? A lot of times we have to realize that there is nothing that's going to put us, like, make us too unclean to go to Jesus, to go to church and get that um, that love that he's showing us and to go to him and just say that we're sorry and get that forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we can't be shy about that. And as as brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to be able to push them to get that help from Jesus. Understood. Knowing that they can't rely on us as brothers and sisters, but they can rely on Jesus to go and yep. do that and to get that help and to get that um, that love from him. But yeah. I really like that, Nick. Yeah. We should be there 100% to support them and whatever they're struggling with. I mean, if anyone needs, like, if anyone deserves stoning, like we do too. You know what I mean? Every single day. Like if, if you're bringing the adulteress, you know, you're, you are the adulteress. Yeah. Like yeah. you deserve to be stoned as well. And if, if every wicked person deserved to be, or got stoned, the world would be empty. There'd be, yeah. be a bunch of animals and that, you know, cause everyone deserves to be stoned. Everyone deserves to be condemned in this, in this sense. I think like beautiful eulogy has something like that. It's like, uh, if God wiped out, wiped out the wicked, the whole world would be vacant, mm. you yeah. know, and it's true. Like, I mean, well, I mean, this is going to sound really simple, but as Christians, we're called to be Christ-like. So when Jesus says um, in verse 10, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And at 11, she says, no, sir. Um, Then he says, neither do I condemn you. We have to be like that. We have to go to them and be like, listen, I don't condemn you for this. But go on and sin no more. Yeah, you have to go on and sin no more. You gotta try as hard as you can and fight and let Jesus help you in that walk and that fight to go on sinning no more. But we have to be those brothers and sisters to not condemn. Them. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about contentment. Hmm. You know, being content in who God says He is. You know, be content in what Jesus has done on the cross. You know, I think if we find contentment in the cross, then we're able to live our lives. You know, in accordance to that. That's good, because a lot of times we look at, like I said earlier about the the dirtiness, like we think that sin is too dirty or um, too wrong, that Jesus didn't actually get rid of that on the cross. Right. Um, so we, yeah, like you said, we have to find that contentment in that. Pay it all. And I think, yeah, that's important. I think we need to really fight for that, you know, that viewpoint um, and just be with one another. Like that's the biggest thing I can, I can iterate, like be there for one another. You know, no one is more righteous than someone else, and I think yeah. that's... I don't know. Yeah, we we have, we gotta stop looking at people as like, well, look how high up they are. Look I'm at sure. like a Billy Graham. Well, he's yeah. look how high up he is. Well, we're just as you know, we're he's just as big a sinner as we are. Yeah. At the same time, he can be just as saved as we are. And so we we have to stop putting people like you said before on a on a pedestal. Yeah. You know, we're all we all deserve to be stoned. We all deserve yeah. you know. Because not only will that break us, but it'll break that person. Right. Because if they're looking to us as this, their God. Um, like like Nick said, we both and Tommy kind of I guess really like Jefferson Bethke. So there's so many different things that he said, but he's talked about how um, if you truly because we do this in relationships, friendships, or whatever, but we make that person out to be our God and not actually God. So we put all that weight on them, and eventually it will break them, and it'll hurt us too because we'll feel like they let us down, which in a way they did, mm-hmm. but it's our fault too because we're putting it on a human, we're putting it on a sinner. We can't do that. Um, don't get me wrong, we have to be there for that person. We have to be there for that brother and sister. But we also have to realize that they can't truly take away our sins. They can't get rid of that that's in our lives, that sin that's in our lives. So to give that to Jesus in whatever situation it is, 
Yeah. I think this has come to mind. Like, that's such a big challenge. Like, we just, like <clears throat> we go out to dinner with certain people, right? And we kind of look at them, okay, they're, well, they're fine. They've done nothing bad. When was the last time we've had dinner with a homosexual? When was the last time we had dinner with a drunkard? <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I could say never. I can't, yeah. honestly. Well, I think it's so easy to start talking about it, too, and, like, so easy to, like, say these things. Gunger, a lot of people have problems with Gunger, but I, I, I personally like Gunger, and, he's you a, know, he's a singer. Okay. He sings uh, Beautiful Gifts. Yeah. Um, he makes beautiful things. Things, beautiful things. That's what oh, it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And um, one of the things he says, like, uh, do you believe in loving your neighbor, or do you believe by loving your neighbor? And, like, we can sit here and talk on this podcast all day long about these things, but until we put it into action... <laughs> Um, until we actually go to the well, until we recognize that we're the woman, um, you know, it's just pointless. It's pointless talk, and it's pointless breath that we're that we're speaking. And I think words are important. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. But I definitely think that you have to start, you know, living your life in accordance to that. Yeah. Well, like Andy Minio says, um, finally get to see him Sunday, so I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> but he talks about in one of his songs about um, <laughs> don't shake your head, Nick. He's I'm good. sorry, I've never been to a concert, especially Andy Minio and Lecrae. So I'm, I'm excited. People. We got J- Jefferson Bethke, shout yeah. out. Yeah. Andy Minio, shout I, out. I mean, I'm kind of hoping that this is I don't know who that is. Gunger. 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 They played at um, Andy World singer. Gunger at a coffee shop that I'm not going to disclose because it. But anyways, cite <laughs> them too. Okay, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so. Anyways, and um, and that song I was talking about by Annie Minio, he talks about, oh, well, he raps. He says, "I talk about you more than I talk with you." Like, how many times do we do that? Like, we sit here, we can talk about the different things that we need to be doing, but also, I think it really comes down to truly spending time with God and seeing Him in that, so we can be ready, so we can be pumped and on fire like we are right now to go out and do that stuff. Because a lot of times, like, we're just. I think it all goes back to being stagnant with our relationship with God, but yeah. we become content in our relationship, not content in Him, but content in our relationship with God, and we think that what we're doing now is fine. We're thinking that talking about it is fine, yeah. but we actually have to realize that talking about it and actually doing it is two different things. 100%. But it leads to the other. Yeah, um, it should. Yeah, should lead to the other. Yeah. should lead to the other, but that's good. I like that. I'm a big fan, too, of the phrase, who am I? So when we're sitting here judging people and all this, you know, we're we're making ourselves this high Christian. Look at me, yeah. you know, Jesus died twice for me is what we're saying. Died <laughs> yeah. once for you. Understand. But you know, who are we? And that's the question that we continually ask ourselves every day: is who am I? You know, it's, I'm not the point. Right. It's not about me. It's. Yeah. I don't think it should be discouraging either to be like, who am I? You know, well, yeah, don't yeah, belittle yeah. yourself either. But like, realize that you know we all need a savior, um, mm-hmm. each and every one of us, and. Nobody is better than the other person, you know. I'm not better than you, Tommy. Yeah. I sometimes I think so. Yeah, yeah. But no, like I'm not on the court. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but okay. definitely we need, we need to start we need to start putting like um, scripture into action. Um, I truly mm-hmm. believe that, and I, you know, God's cool. <laughs> God's cool. <laughs> just simple. He's chill. He's chill. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, so another thing I've really I just really hit me hard in this one was just imagine this scene. So verse 3 says, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. Um, in, my, in my understanding of this, like, she literally just came out of the act. You know, she was just mm. caught in it, and they brought her out. So she may have been naked. God knows if she, were, she was naked. Literally. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, she comes out there, and just imagine the shame of just committing this act, and then they bring her out, you know? Yeah, because look how vulnerable she is in that, like, instance. But the really cool thing about that is, like, look how we feel... 
when we commit a sin or something and we're very shameful and we're very, um, I guess you could say vulnerable in that, but yeah. he meets us there. He meets us in our nakedness. And I, I think that's, I mean, like you said, it's not a hundred percent sure. Only God knows really, <laughs> but, but I mean, we can kind of, um, really go, go off and say that because they caught her in her act and we know what that mm-hmm. is. So yeah, she was probably naked. We're naked all the time when it comes to our sin. Mm-hmm. And, the, the fact that he goes and meets us there, I, I really like how you're saying that. That's, that's really cool. All right, cool. So I'm going to wrap it up. Um, guys, I think we had a really good conversation today. I agree. Uh, I think it's we good. discussed a lot. Um, I think it was really important, you know, what we talked about, and I think it was real. Um, I just want to encourage our audience uh, before we leave with this, um, that we learn to uh, meet each other, you know, where we're at, you know, and that we quit um, challenging one another in the sense of, like, bringing us – you know, and pointing each other out and judging one another. And, mm-hmm. you know, in that sense, uh, I, th- I really want to encourage us to really just begin to love one another, you know, and, and love us the way Christ loved us and to stand up uh, in front of everyone who is questioning us and, you know, holding us in condemnation, you know, that, that we stand up and that we love one another and that we don't condemn one another uh, as brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, and I think that, we should represent the church well, and I think the church is, you know, it's it's a welcoming, you know, it's it's a place for the sinner, you know, it's a place for one another, and it's a place for community, you know, and you know, recognize that we're the woman at the well, and that we need help just as much as anyone else, and you know, I think we just that's it, you know, just let's meet each other at the well, let's go see who's there. Mm. Yeah, so we we really appreciate you all tuning in and listening to our show. Um, I feel like it was a really good show. Poured our hearts out. Um, and yeah, just remember to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We are Good Fellowship, F E L L A S Ship. And yeah. you couldn't just finish the H I P. You did the same thing. S Ship. Yeah, shout out to Adam Johnson, by the way. Yeah. Good Fellowship. Bye.